Join Justin Charity and Micah Peters in sound only as they discuss their deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, rap music, video games, anime, YouTube, social media, and their underlying themes. Check out Sound Only on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So MJ's going to forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my God, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really know. Stop talking. <sighs> what just happened? to the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are doing a very special episode of the Ringerverse right now. It, it, once again, we take you into the House of Midnight, which is what <laughs> happens when the House of Mal and the Midnight Boys get together. Now, now Charles is not here. Uh, it is way past Charles's bedtime. He's got to he's got to go and he's got to have a, a, a bedtime story read to him, and hopefully the story is as rich and layered as what we're getting ready to talk about here, which is of course the official debut, the official release of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Mal, you seem jammed up about this. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. You seem like. You can't contain yourself over there. It's oh me, Mal, Joni, and Steve. The the House of Midnight. Mal, how are you feeling about the trailer? It just dropped. It just dropped. It's hot. It's hot on the streets. Van, I'm shaking. I'm quivering. Now, that might be because I haven't had dinner yet and the blood sugar's low, but I think it's mostly because of the trailer. I'm going to channel my best Doc Ock voice for you here. <clears throat> Hello, Van. Yeah. yeah. We have so much to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. We do have instant a lot to reaction, talk about. Instant reaction, though. This is just step one for us here at the Ringerverse. See, here's the deal. Instant reaction, that's here for, like, that's Midnight Boys territory, right? And so when we do the instant reactions, a lot of times we get instantly shit on. 
because it's 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 a it's a perilous game the instant reaction type of situation now all right so let's just start out broad we all saw the trailer um there was so much talk we'll get into what happened this weekend a little while ago there was so much talk about when this trailer was going to drop and what was going to be in it were we going to see other versions of spidey who from the other universes were we going to see uh just your initial thoughts of the trailer what did you think spectacular exhilarating Mm. dare i say affirming (laughs) Mm. (laughs) it was it was thrilling i mean listen i don't want to get like too sappy right away but i'm gonna It's just an awesome thing to be sharing this together. Look how excited everyone is. This is why we love these stories. This is why we love these movies. This is why we love these comics, because one of the most joyous things as a fan of these stories is to talk about them together. And sharing the MCU to this point has been a delight. And we are so early still in phase four. And so before we get into the goblin bomb and a flash of electro and doc ock peter's just incredible fit game with the aj ones all of it i just want to say that that it's just a delight to be here talking about the impending arrival of a movie we're all so excited about and before we get this movie we get shang chi we get eternals we're enjoying stuff on Disney Plus every week. It's just a really fun moment to be a Marvel fan. I'm so excited about the multiverse. I'm so excited about Phase 4. What about you? What were your big picture thoughts? I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm all in, baby. I'm like my friend Jomi says. It's fun to why it's funny when Jomi says this. I'm locked in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. Look, here's my thing. I, this is the deal with me. I like quirk. I like poking holes in things. I like when it gets really messy and nasty. See, the things I like about comic books is that you have this whole big universe and it's a shared universe. So what happens is there are these amazing like uh, flashpoints in comics where all of the stories collide. And a great writer, a great comic writer knows how to Take all of these characters, all of these stories, all of these teams, all of these worlds, throw them together, and then make a beautiful piece of art out of it. The MCU is at a point right now where it's just big enough to start doing that, to start meshing everybody up. It started uh, in, obviously, the Infinity Saga when you had all the characters together. But now... It's not all the characters together. We're getting to all the universes being together. Can they hold it together? How is it going to work? Why on God's green earth would Dr. Strange do something that could even halfway result in a ripping inside of the multiverse? Who knows? What is Kang up to? Does he have his mitts on this somewhere? So many different questions. I was really really interested in the trailer but to your point just jammed up again i'll be honest with you with all the talk around the last couple of projects that have come out with people curious but not necessarily hyper excited about shang chi or the eternals i am but i think people are more curious because those are those are origin stories i'm super excited this one is one that I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, okay, I can sink my teeth into Shang-Chi is going to be great. The Eternals is going to be great. And then at the end of the year, we're going to get this Marvel's running on schedule. I don't think that you can really overstate 
how big of a deal Spider-Man is. I mean, it's a great point that you're making. It's a great point that you're making because as massive as the MCU is and as steadily as the MCU machine hums along, Spider-Man is always a different caliber experience. And then when you when you factor in what this Spider-Man movie is, the multiverse, the return to the Sony era, and of course, Sony is, is, is still <laughs> very much involved in making the Spider-Man movies, but the pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe, Spider-Man villains from the Tobey Maguire films, from the Andrew Garfield films, you start to think about what the MCU is going to be able to do with the multiverse in a different way. I have a lot of questions already just from this trailer about why the things that we're seeing would be happening and how much we should believe. I think that's an interesting thing to parse, like the distinction almost between premise and plot, because we we think that we're seeing a lot here, like a shocking amount in terms of what's revealed. I think there are two things to think about there. One, is it possible that we're actually just seeing the tip of the multiversal iceberg here. And this is just the, the, the beginning of this movie. This is just the premise, not actually all of the many layers of the plot that are going to unfold. And then also, too, if you factor in basically the way that people consume and talk about movies, not only the movies themselves, but the lead up to them, there's a certain amount that you can't hope to keep secret. There's a lot, I think, you know, people have their own personal preference on what is in a trailer, how much you see. Like, you're not going to be able to keep all of the cameos and all of the appearances in this. We will learn when we see the movie whether we're getting the Sinister Six here all from one alternate timeline, whether they're coming in from multiple different timelines. I have a lot of questions about what Doctor Strange did. I'm excited to chat about that with you in a few minutes. But you're not going to keep Alfred Molina's role in this movie a secret. You can't. And so I actually, I know this is divisive, but I'm like, I'm all in on this. My thing is, market the movie this way. Show us who's going to be in it and then get us excited to learn what all of that means. Like, I don't need to be surprised by Doc Ock. I was surprised at the end of this trailer, and I think you can argue that trailers are actually almost as central to the experience of being a fan right now as the movies themselves. It's very true. I remember my my love affair with trailers started with one movie. Before this, I would watch. There was this show that came on on E. I think it was called Coming Attractions or something like that. And it was just they would show all the trailers. You had to wake up at like five thirty in the morning to see it. My dad would pass by. My like, what you doing, boy? You studying? You working on your football? And I'm like, no, I'm watching a movie trailer show. And he would be like, what is wrong with that boy? You know what I mean? It's like it was a whole, whole weird deal. But. um, the first trailer that really got me was the Phantom Menace trailer. That's when I became obsessed with trailers. And I remember I actually was calling and voting for Duel of the Fates, the music video on TRL, because it had footage of Phantom Menace in it. And it, it made it to TRL. We, we won. That was the first time the nerds won, and we will continue to win for years and years after. But in terms of that, like I, I think there's a couple of things. Number one, at the end of the last Spider-Man movie, Peter's right. identity was revealed. And that was a huge, huge, magnificent occurrence. And you had the and you had the thought that the next movie would be about him juggling that or figuring out some sort of way uh, to have a new life as this Peter Parker that everybody knows and Spider-Man. They've done that in the comic books a little bit. Um, 
And so knowing that that's the thing and that that decision or, or that happening is going to be the main inciting incident uh, to Dr. Strange casting this spell and setting this course, they had to give us at least what they gave us. Because the questions that would be in our mind is, okay, how is this going to be a regular Spider-Man movie when everybody knows who Peter is? All right, what is Peter, how does the multiverse come into this? Does Peter get dropped in another uh, universe where nobody knows who he is? And then there's Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire in this universe trying to be our Peter when there's another Peter. You, you know what I mean? There are a bunch of questions that they had to answer with this. And I think they answered them. And to your point, this probably is the least amount that they could have given us in a first trailer, which seems like the movie is going to be full of meat because they gave us a lot. They gave us a lot. Jam-packed. I'm glad that you mentioned the shock and the twist and the reveal at the end of Far From Home for a couple different reasons. One, that more than we even realized at the time, though it was a huge deal at the time, primed us for what is unfolding now, which is previous characters from previous Spider-Man films and previous Spider-Man franchises coming into the MCU with Great point. Right? We got J. Jonah Jameson. We got the Bugle. It was different, though. And that, of course, is something that now, post-Loki, we're thinking of through the lens of variants. So that's one of the things I'm most excited to learn when we see this movie. And who knows what we'll learn between now and then and other Marvel installments. What if, of course, chief among them, given that that's a multiversal story, are the characters we're meeting, again, all going to be from one alternate timeline? Are they going to be from many? And that's not just a question that I'm already asking about the villains. Like, I'm wondering if some of these Doc Stranges that we're seeing are variants. Because let me just throw this out there. A couple things. One, Actually, I'm going to say one other thing first and then circle back. My mind is racing, man. I'm yeah, so excited. You're, you're, into, you're into it. <laughs> I'm wearing my Midtown the, Tech t- the trailer sweatshirt and well everything. Was, the trailer came <laughs> straight from Columbia. Mal is, oh, my Mal, God. <laughs> Mal is high on Spider-Man. I have had an extraordinary amount of coffee today. I will say that. <laughs> but the other reason I'm glad that you mentioned Far From Home before we get back to the variant possibility is because this at least appears to pick up immediately in the wake of that movie. And we know when that movie's set. That is set eight months after the blip by all time parameters in Far From Home. So how much of this movie is set eight months after the blip? What span of time are we covering? I'm fascinated to think about this inside of phase four of the MCU. On the one hand, the multiverse is unspooling. On the other hand, we are still so heavily tied as we should be, right, to the events of Endgame. But with Spider-Man in particular, that's a fascinating thing to think about because Far From Home is, of course, the actual end of the Infinity Saga. That's the coda after Endgame. We always talk about how Endgame concluded the Infinity Saga. It didn't. And part of the reason why it didn't is right shares and studio issues that we won't talk about now. But part of the reason is because we needed that moment of reflection. And Peter is still in that moment of reflection. And so when you think about Stephen Strange, This is like brilliant to me. I love the idea of putting him in the movie in this way for a couple reasons. One, it's just an iconic character and performance is always a riot and a joy. But also, you're moving another kind of like foil for Tony into the role of Peter Mentor that Tony used to occupy. Now, I don't want to make the direct comp between 
Doctor Strange and Mysterio because Mysterio despised Tony and wanted to tear down everything that he had done. Doctor Strange and Tony just liked to trade barbs. They were ultimately on the same side and had a quite a meaningful partnership eventually, right? Sure, but yeah. You think about a moment between Tony and Doctor Strange, a, a key one, protecting your reality douchebag. douchebag. Like that's one of yeah. my favorite Doctor Strange lines and that's why I found myself thinking is this our Stephen Strange? Because how do you go from protecting a reality douchebag to sure I will work this bit of mystic arts magic for you young Peter so that you don't have to worry about your problems I will risk the space-time continuum and fabric of the universe is this our Stephen Strange over the objection of Wong of Wong Wong always knows always over the objection of Wong didn't just do it did it in a sly, mischievous way. That is a fantastic point. Going from someone who it's my life's honor and duty to protect this and we have to do it this way and this way, there's one out of 14 million. So a wink and a nod, uh, I'll go ahead and do this basically so you can have your life back. Really, yeah, it's basically so you can have your life back. I'm like, dude, Peter, you know, he's doing fine. I am digging the winter wear though. You know, cloak of yeah. levitation. Parka, hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the second time I watched it, I'm like, why are they in the frozen tundra? But th- there's, there's a hole in the, the top of the sanctum. Um, so here's the deal. Let's talk about timeline a little bit because okay. Far From Home took place. There was their summer trip, was it not? Was that not a summer trip? Well, so there's the moment in the Midtown High In Memoriam video. One of my favorite sequences in MCU history pairing the shots of the fallen Avengers with pictures of candles that have the Getty images word mark on it. Just incredible stuff. And the timeline is in that sequence is established as eight months after the blip, I believe. So does that mean given that Peter's being questioned by authorities about Quentin Beck's death that we are picking up instantly in the wake of that? I mean, we see shots of Peter in the city that I think would be right in the wake of that reveal on the on the Jumbotron, right? The, the, yeah, the question would be then how long of a time does he get to be as public enemy number one, Peter Parker? Like, what's his breaking point? Like, how long of a time? Like, where are we in, in terms of that? That's something I was thinking because you saw some Halloween decorations and stuff in the actual trailer. So it seems to be fallish Towards the end, so how long does Peter go through whatever he's going through and he reaches his breaking point? Because by the time he's on the, the, the trailer starts and he's on the roof with MJ, and it seems like whatever's happening, he's over it. Right? It, it seems like whatever is going on, he's over it. And the only reason why I wonder that is because it seems fundamental to me to know exactly how much time it took him to figure out that he was gonna go to Doctor Strange and act and ask Doctor Strange to alter reality. Because they're probably going to have to show how they're, they're probably going to have to show. Because think about it. That's a big ask. Doctor Strange doesn't is not in, in the mood of doing parlor tricks for his friend for his friends. But that's a big ask. And right away. And even when they're doing the trick in the in the thing, they're doing the trick. Peter keeps jumping into the middle of it like a boy. Well, oh, he do is. I, OK, he's can I say a, something real quick about that? Sure. Yeah, it's true. I want Spider-Man to grow up at some point. You know, is the this is the third movie of Plucky Spider. He's plucky as hell, and it, they keep they keep letting an adult supervise him because his pluck level 
is at 110. He's got to stop being so plucky. He's in there. He's being he's plucked out. Uh, and then he ruins the entire thing. I, I just wonder how much he, he actually had to go through to get to that point. And because that to me also would influence whether or not Strange wanted to help him. We haven't seen that entire scene. And there might have been some really hyper emotional plea. We don't know what Aunt May's been going through. We don't know how hard it's been on everyone. And there might be chunks of that to him like reaching out to Doctor Strange and convincing him that they can't fit into a trailer. But as for right now, Doctor Tra- Doctor Strange fucking up the whole multiverse, that is a little thin. That's a little thin for right now. Okay, but can I can I ask you this too? And you know, we don't actually know the answer, right? This will be one of the things that we find out in the movie, but what is your initial read on basically how to reconcile the implication in the trailer that the spell going awry and our, our, our cherished producer, Steve Allman, in, in the in the run up to us going live here, observed. And I have to agree that Doc Strange got uh, distracted in an alarming fashion there. Makes you question maybe what else has gone wrong or could. But he indicates that they have they have have meddled with space and time. Right. They have breached something in the multiverse. We hear. Uh, lines about how you know what we know and what we don't know it's a it's a it's a drop in the bucket it made me think of dark and how they talk about the multiverse in there and time travel in there shouts to everyone who's seen dark which i watched a few weeks ago i can't stop thinking about here's my question for you we as viewers can't separate when we see things in order in the mcu from how we experience them and so we are seeing this trailer as the studios that are releasing them know we are after we have watched Loki, which means that we understand that the multiverse has come to the MCU already. So how do we reconcile the fact that there's an implication that whatever magic they have worked and and, and worked in a fashion that they should not have seems to have breached something about one of the timelines, about a timeline dimension, with the fact that the multiverse has already entered the MCU? Is this going to be an arrival of the of the multiverse can they do that in more than one way or will this be some sort of opening that allows the already fractured crackling timeline i don't think it's an accident that we got color palettes that are very similar like if you think of the end of loki and the the sacred timeline splintering it's like you know that beautiful vibrant rainbow the bag of skittles blended up together you see flashes of that here too then you also think about before the multiverse arrived to the MCU in the way that it did in Loki, how we thought about dimensions inside of the MCU, much of which we understood through the Doctor Strange lens. We see the astral dimension here. We see the mirror dimension. So we're in dimensions. We're talking about timelines. This is a lot. This is going to be a lot to track. What is going to be self-contained to Spider-Man and the rules of the multiverse inside of the Spider-Man franchise? And what will connect to what has already been established as the arrival of the multiverse inside of the MCU. So I have a question. Uh, wow, that's heady. We're deep in the house of Mal right now. I have a question. You're, we're assuming that this has happened because, because there are no TVA agents coming in to sweep all of this up. Um, we're assuming that this happened after. Where's the pruning? Uh, right. Like after right. F- fucking Loki and Sylvie have basically go- made everything go awry. Right. So, now we're in the wild, wild west of timelines. We're in the wild, wild west of opening portals and dimensions. Once again, 
something that Strange should have known. As far as as far as what you're saying, I think to me that's the most exciting thing about the trailer and about the story. I didn't think that Marvel would be able to bring us back to the great unknown. I I didn't think that Marvel. I thought that what I thought that Marvel was going to be paint by numbers for the rest of the time that it existed. I've read all these books. I read that Infinity shit when I was in the eighth grade, man. I knew how that joint was going to turn out. You know what I mean? Like, and, right. and I remember going to see Captain America Winter Soldier and I'm in the theater with Kalika and he turns around and she goes, oh my God. And I was almost disappointed in her. I was almost embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, you ain't know that? Man, shut up. The nerd, like, you know what I mean? I would never tell her to shut up. Um, but but no, I'm saying in, in this situation, it's just, I think this is going to be a redefinition of all of that. I think this is going to be the definition, to be honest with you. I think that Loki got us into sort of a more, it was, it laid the groundwork of our understanding of variants, of branch timelines, of what we thought the rules were. I think that's going to end up being the function of Loki. Loki was a redefinition of what we thought the rules were. That's why Loki went so far at the beginning of it to give us what the rules were, then to only tell us at the end, there are no rules. So now that we know that there aren't any and things are in chaos, now we have to learn through story, through adventure, in a three-act structure, what the rules of all this actually are what the consequences of, yes, of this and actually the consequences, are. Exactly. And I think this movie is going to s- sort of unravel and unspool what those consequences could be. And we're going to see those uh, through Peter. Yeah, I agree. The consequence point is, is definitely elemental to what this story is going to be and what role it's going to play inside of phase four. One of the things that I'm so interested in, and this, the, the Spider-Man canon is the perfect spot to do this, but I think you could apply this line of thinking to to so many different aspects of the MCU to date and really just Marvel stories to date, which is kind of the point. It's not contained to the MCU. You grow attached and then you say goodbye. And part of the magic of comic book storytelling is that there can be a wrinkle. There can be that breach in the sacred timeline of storytelling that allows you to say hello again to a character that you loved. And so... Seeing Alfred Molina say hello, Peter, at the end of this trailer is like fucking thrilling. Hearing Willem Dafoe cackle, that signature Green Goblin cackle as the Goblin Bomb rolls in. There are flashes of electricity that we have to assume are electro over the course of the trailer. That's, in the process of watching the trailer, an incredible gift because it connects you to your past. Your past as a fan. What are the stakes for the future? Do you say goodbye to all these people again? How many versions of them do we get forever? The fact that we don't know the answer to that question is genuinely so exciting. And to your point about just where we are in Marvel, like we're in a moment of pure possibility. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, I know. I know who we're not getting in this. James Franco. Okay, Jomi. (laughs) Jomi, let's let's go to some... (laughs) Let's go to some questions. I don't think they're gonna pull I don't think they're gonna plug James out of the multiverse. I no. think he got pruned. <laughs> go, go, go ahead. Jesus okay. Christ. Nah. Um, we got some great questions. Shout out to everybody who threw some questions. We got run. Hope I'm I'm saying this right. Wraith Sesa 
Is that really Matt Murdock in the trailer? Matt Murdock is, is Matt Murdock in the trailer? I missed that. If so, he's got a you know Sp- Spider Man's got a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? He had to you know he was the, the police got him. You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't see that? I didn't. I did not get the Matt Murdock deal. I gotta watch it again. Man, you know, it's tr- I yeah. If that if that's old Matty boy, now we really in it. That's one of my favorite shows ever. No, but I I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. They they're saying they're saying now that it wasn't Matt. It said you can see the actor before no glasses or cane, so it's probably not Matt Murdock, who, by the way, doesn't have any superpowers. All right, give me another one, Joey. <laughs> He's still on that. He's still on that. This question is for Mal from Jeff Larson. Is there anything that makes us think this trailer is actually chronological? That seems unlikely. If the trailer oh. is chronological, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's well, chronological. Yeah, we see. I think despite what we were saying earlier about the likelihood of maybe we think we see a lot, maybe we're actually seeing just a sliver. There's even, let's just look at the Spidey suits, for example. We will have to go and, and we will, when we go through the trailer more, we'll go frame by frame at some point, right? And parse every single detail of this, but just on like our initial viewing, we see at least three suits, right? Right. The iron spider suit is in there. We see iron spider for sure. Nanotech. We see the all black suit and we see what I think is Peter's suit from the end of, far from home. So we're seeing suits from across the film or we're seeing Peter variants. No. Could be that. Could be that. Don't Definitely could be. Definitely could be. Well, let's do, let's go to one more question about this trailer. John, me give us one. For sure. A lot of people ask this. So we're just going to roll with this. Are we going to see Andrew Garfield are we going to see Tobey Maguire in this movie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Yes. Yes, we will. Yes, you are. Yes, and we by, will. And by the way, you're going to see justice for Andrew Garfield in this movie. Andrew Garfield, mm. ju- justice for mm. him. Andrew Garfield, who was not a bad Spider-Man. Okay. I like I like guys like that. I, Andrew, let, let me tell you something. Andrew Garfield is the Eddie Jones of the Spider-Man franchise. Now you guys don't know who Eddie Jones is, but between the Magic Lakers and the uh, the Kobe Shaq Lakers, there are a bunch of guys that were pretty good, right? One of these guys was a dude named Eddie Jones, and Eddie Jones was an NBA star. He just wasn't those guys. But he kept the train on the tracks so that we could get to where we were going. Andrew Garfield was necessary. He kept the train on the tracks. He was the Eddie Jones. He made a couple all-star teams, but we still had to go get a bigger prospect. Eddie Jones. Are you saying Emma Stone is Nick Van Exel? <laughs> Nick Van Exel, Nick the Quick. All right, guys. Mal, this was fantastic. This was you're, a lot of fun, man. Let me tell you something. If for no other reason than your unbridled joy and excitement <laughs> over a trailer. Look at us. Look at us. Oh, my Look God. I just, I love trailers. I love Marvel and I love you guys. It's a joy to be here with you. Also, people in the chat are saying there might have been more than three suits. We got to watch it again. We're going to watch it again. We're going to keep watching. Right. We're going to watch it again. It's I'm about to go in here, make the dog some food, mm. snuggle into bed with my iPad and Beautiful. watch this as many times as I can and watch all the YouTube reaction videos too. This is my life. 
This is what it's come to at 41. This is what I do. All right. Um, we thank you guys for joining us on Green Room. You said, let's go back. Let me see how many gems I got. Only 29 gems. Before we leave, wow. I need you guys you just, to you get... You just went to 33. At least me and Mal up <laughs> oh over Oh, boy. Here we go. Gem gems. run. Gem run. Wow. So, oh, you see how they doing us, Steve? You see how they doing us, Steve? How many variants are oh, there? How many gems are there? Look at this. Hold on. Hold on. Grimey. We got number 40 gems, Grimey. Wow. wow. This feels good. This feels great. <laughs> All right, you guys. Wednesday, Midnight Boys, instant reaction. We're going to talk more about this trailer as well, but we're going to give you an instant reaction to episode three of What If? And then, Mal, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more to talk about with the trailer on Friday and your your deep dive with What If? And you guys still covering the Bad Batch too? I think that we've, we've probably concluded our Bad Batch talk for now, but never rule out a, a return to Star Wars conversation. You know, maybe I'll dip back into the trailer too, do the proper... Uh, study of of Peter's footwear that I've always wanted to do. You know, <laughs> my guy it's is amazing. just crushing it on the sneakers app. He's, he's getting the he's getting the got him. I don't know how. Steve and I are catching L's, not Peter. Yeah, uh, Peter's got a hookup. That's what you get when you got the the Stark internship. Because <laughs> I don't know anybody else that has any success on the app. But all right, guys, we're gonna talk more about the Eternals trailer. All this stuff. Wednesday and Friday, please tune in to The Ring Reverse. This is your one-stop shop for all things fandom, and we are doing our best to bring you all of this stuff. It's a lot out there. Pew, pew, we are out. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.